You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. My new best friend today is Marty Lentz, the airport director of the Eastern Iowa Airport. We discuss his personal journey and how he made his way to Iowa. We dig into the operations of the airport and why flying out of your local airport is so important. Marty shares the original story and current efforts behind the Wings to Waters initiative. And finally, learn why the Eastern Airport is referred to as CID. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, good morning. I'm excited to have uh, my new best friend today, Marty Lentz. He's the uh, executive director of the Eastern Iowa Airport and has been a, a really a positive uh, influence on the growth of this area and community. Marty, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I guess you've always been sort of a good friend and I have great respect for you. So maybe we should start at the beginning. Um, well, maybe we start with the job. What, what is your job? What That's do you a great do, what do you do here at the airport? <laughs> As airport director, it's it's a little bit of everything. I, um, so we oversee the the airport, which is thirty thousand acres. The air service, so we get in property, get into property development, uh, air service recruitment, business development. Um, you know, chasing grant money within the federal programs and the state programs. So, you know, um, kind of a jack of all trades, master of none, as they say. And you came in January of 15, is that right, about? Yeah, January yeah. 15, so it's that's been right. over eight years. Oh, yeah, coming up on nine years. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's start the other side at the beginning. Uh, you sure. grew up in Minnesota, is that right? How did you become an airport director? What's, what's your story in all this? <laughs> Great question, yeah. So I grew up in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. It's a suburb of the Twin Cities. I'm the youngest of five in the family. Um, went to the University of North Dakota, through their aerospace science program. And really, the bug of uh, aviation um, came from my very first plane ride, which, you know, back then, uh, we didn't, we drove. We <laughs> right. Five kids, yeah. you were in a station wagon, yeah. jumping around the back seat and no seat belts, and yeah. you weren't getting on an airplane. Um, but being the youngest, you know, I was, uh, I was my parents and I, and we flew to Newfoundland, Canada. My sister was up there uh, as a school teacher on the Navy base there, and so we flew up, just fell in love with aviation on my first flight for some reason or another, because there's no history in the family of pilots or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I went to North Dakota, uh, thought I was going to be a pilot, did that uh, for a couple of years, uh, flew, so got my private instrument ratings, and uh, back then, no jobs. It was very tough job market for pilots. It was incredibly expensive to go through uh, a university route. Um, so, you know, I ended up changing directions and went into airport administration. So mm-hmm. graduated with a degree in airport administration and kind of never looked back. 
Well, I read in this resume, this summary I saw, you worked in uh, Dane County Airport in Madison, Cheyenne, <laughs> Tulsa, yeah. is that right? Yeah, so <laughs> not all, but it's common for airport directors, to, if you're going to progress in the business, you tend to move, because right. typically, you know, there's one airport in the town mm -hmm. that you might be living in, um, and so if you want to progress in the business, you, you have to decide to be fairly mobile. And so I started out interning at uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport in Airport Noise, um, worked there in a temporary, uh, full-time temporary job after graduation uh, for a little bit of time, a couple of months actually. It was a short stint and then ended up getting what I call my first real job at Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I moved uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma um, and spent a couple years there. Uh, little known fact, actually, our job at that time got combined with law enforcement. So I became a certified <laughs> peace officer in the state of Oklahoma <laughs> and was there for uh, a couple of years in that role, airport operations and airport law enforcement. So um, in full uniform. Uh, it was pretty interesting uh, time. Uh, was there through the Oklahoma City bombing and wow. was uh, in, just an interesting experience. Uh, learned a lot. Have a ton of respect for the profession, but uh, certainly not something I wanted to do full time uh, permanently. So ended up getting hired as an assistant director in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So moved to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, had a fantastic mentor there, a gentleman by the name of Jerry Olson. Uh, who unfortunately passed away young to pancreatic cancer, but um, just an amazing larger-than-life figure and just learned a, a ton about the business um, in Cheyenne. Loved it out there. Our daughter was born out there, Megan. Um, got the itch to get back to the Midwest. My wife's from North Dakota, so we wanted to get closer to family. Had an opportunity in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, moved to Madison, Wisconsin. Airport director. Uh, excuse me, uh, director of operations there, not director, airport director, director of operations. Um, spent about seven years there and then became the airport director in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, and then Rochester, Minnesota as airport director. And then here in 2015. So so it's been a fantastic career. Um, you know, my wife's a nurse practitioner, so... Her mobility is is uh, fantastic. I mm -hmm. mean, she's been very supportive uh, through all these moves, and the kids too. Um, it's been been interesting. It's almost a, a military lifestyle of sorts where we're moving all the sure, time. Sure, yeah. But um, uh, it's just been a fantastic um, career, and and been at it now for pushing thirty yeah, thirty years. Yeah, we should talk about the airport, but the one thing before we I, I forget. Um, <laughs> I think your main claim to fame is there's no debt in this airport. And That's I know correct. In, in Des Moines, they have lots of debt, but this is unusual, right? That this is all the stuff you're doing, this yeah. beautiful facility, it's debt-free. It is debt-free, right. which is uh, there's only really a few commercial service airports out there in the nation that are debt-free. Uh, I was fortunate. I got here in 15, and the bonds were paid in June of that year. So <laughs> you paid it off, and you kept it going. So I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah, uh, just showed up at the right time. Um, but we had a fun bond burning party up at the terminal to celebrate, you know, paying off the mm -hmm. the the debt. And you know, the airport has had fantastic commissioners over the years with really, you know, great vision. 
um, in great financial strength here at the airport with Don Swanson's longtime mm-hmm. airport uh, financial finance director and Kathy Bell, the deputy finance director, uh, both of which have been here quite quite some time. Mm-hmm. I think Don Don's retiring this year, this December, and uh, thirty seven years, I believe. Wow. Um, and Kathy has been here roughly twenty five years, I mm-hmm. think. So, really great, um, great individuals that know what they're doing and understand the the, the oddities uh-huh. of FAA revenue use policies and those sorts of things. And it's just really uh, a fantastic uh, financial uh, situation for the airport. But the things that's impressive here is no debt and all the expansion you've done. The you've done, I guess, that with federal grants or state grants and. Is the number 120 million or more? You've you've just added on and upgraded the facility. Is that, is that yeah? The, the, so the airport terminal um, is that's been a better than a decade project that we started. We that started in roughly 2014 um, phase. So we split it into four phases. Uh, we did that. So each each of the phase, once it was done, we could stop construction, stop spending money and still have a usable facility. So a lot of that's through commission leadership, you know, being good fiscal stewards of the public investment. Um, and also, this industry can change in a dime. We saw it in 9-11, certainly saw it in COVID. Um, and so it can have very violent swings. Um, so we wanted to be, you know, prepared for that sort of thing. And so by phasing it, it, it proved to be very uh, beneficial. So when COVID hit at the end of phase three, we stopped and had a pause. Um, and we just started phase four here a few months ago. We've got about 18 months to go. That's the final phase of this renovation uh, in modernization program. And at the end, we'll have be just over $120 million of wow. investment. Yep. About, 40, about 44% of that is airport commission funds. And it's, yeah, to your point, cash and uh, no debt. Now, the commission funds, I think we want to give a plug. If you fly from the airport, uh, part of the fees we pay, yep. the airport gets some of that, right? And so we Correct. we want to encourage our, our <laughs> listeners to fly out of the CID airport, this airport, right? Yes, I mean, isn't that absolutely. true? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's crucial. If you want to have a it's, direct it's, flights and expansion, you got you got to fly here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're spot on. You, it's, the airlines aren't here to serve you know, a nice, pretty terminal. They're here to serve a market. Uh, that is, you know, Eastern Iowa. And when I say Eastern Iowa, it's becoming more and more that it's, you know, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, uh, Dubuque, mm-hmm. um, you know, Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, and everything in between. Um, and that that's changed over the years due to a variety of things. But, you know, the community's mm-hmm. use of that service is is really enables us to then have a fantastic pitch for new routes, I like DCA that we just launched here this year, and um, that's doing very well. Uh, we've we've also just announced Fort Lauderdale starting in November on Allegiant, sure. and then also in November on American Airlines will be uh, Miami. So the fact that the community uses the airport and uses the service we have and fills up those airplanes gives the airlines the confidence that they can you know, move a very expensive asset and invest it into our region and that it'll get used and it'll be successful uh, because it's a zero-sum game now for, for aircraft in the business. And it's, you know, when 
when American moved a flight to DCA to, to Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, that airplane came out of somewhere else. Right. So somebody, some community lost bumped, yeah. service. Yep. So, um, so the fact that this community has really been supportive of the airport is uh, invaluable. We could be, I tell people, the terminal could be gold-plated and it could be free rent. But if nobody's getting on, we're not going to have air service. So right. um, it's got to be a, a, a real partnership with the community. Yeah. Well, the airport is a great airport. And uh, a friend of mine who's some, some of a critic in life had flown around quite a bit last summer and said, you know, the nicest air, air, airport he was in was the Cedar Rapids Airport, Eastern Airport. Yeah. It's just a, it's, it's a it's great, great facility. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's good people. It's just, it's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. yeah. And well, you sort of feel you. pride. You know I mean? Yeah. And that, honestly, that, that's been our goal as a staff and as a commission um, mm -hmm. is to have a facility that the entire region in Eastern Iowa, and quite frankly, the state can be proud of. Yeah. Um, a best in class, um, not one that's over the top um, with, you know, things that don't add to the efficiency or what have you of moving people through. But we also wanted to reflect the region, too, in different ways of why we all love to, you know, work, live, and play here and uh, provide a bit of shock, you know, when somebody from outside the region that has never been to Iowa gets off the plane, we want them to be, wow, this is impressive, that first impression, right. and, and equally that last impression when they leave. Um, and we've done that, I think, well, we take great pride in that. Um, you know, you look at our restaurant, the High Porch, you know, comp, you know, kudos to Josh Schomburger for the name. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But we trademarked it, so we're happy to, you know, lease that back to him. <laughs> I've eaten there. <laughs> at a fee. But so the airport now trademarked the High Porch, which is Hayden Fry's autobiography. Sure. Oh, yeah. That's what that's all about. Uh, you can see the Hawkeye wave on the wall at the restaurant. And when the Hawkeye wave came on, the scene was, you know, the best new college sports tradition sure. was the Hawkeye White. So if you're again, if you're not from here, we wanted people to associate the wave with where they were at and uh, instill some some interest in them before they move about the community and and um, you know it's been it's been fun to do. So we're excited for this final phase to do more of that. I do want to share one personal story if I can. Um, about maybe nine months ago, um, my wife was taking a trip. She took off, and then she realized she had left her iPad mm. in the airport. So I, I didn't know what the hell to do. I'm back here. So I call the airport. I get some security guy. And I explained to him what's going on. Where did she leave it? I said, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, what was she wearing? I still remember a little bit. Well, to make a long story short, he checked all the tapes. Mm -hmm. you, you, you have cameras, you know? Yep. He figured out where it was. And then he went and got it, and I drove yeah. up and picked it up. I mean, yeah. I, it was eight thirty at night. He, he didn't know that he, he didn't know who I was at all. Yeah. Just a, for my little iPad. So it, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it was a, it was an example of quality, a commitment to the customer. I mean, I mean, it was impressive. Yeah. Well, I appreciate hearing that, and you know, we honestly, it's it, we pride ourselves on that. We talk about it a lot. We, I can uh, see it. We've got a great public safety team. Um, you know that thankfully uh, they do more of those sorts of things and guest service and, and experience. And we have all the, the guest services folks in the terminal are airport commission staff. So we wanted to, you know, vertically integrate that into our business and have 
us an experience for a guest, that is something we can play more of a direct role in. Sure. Because we don't, you know, we don't control um, ticket prices. We don't control, you know, bags to bag claim times. Those are airline staff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's a small community and a small market. And Mm -hmm. we want the community to know us and call us. And if we can help, we'll do it. Um, Absolutely. And that's kind of that unique piece that, for our brand that matters um, and hopefully inspires people and can, to keep using the service. So, A couple of questions. Now, my understanding, you've told us many times over the last few years, there's a pilot shortage. We're running out of pilots. And then, so I guess, but we keep expanding. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess we get bigger planes now. And then also, I, I'm curious about, my son lives in the Phoenix area, and they started that flight from American Airlines flying to Phoenix. I thought them, and I think it was just a, part-time deal for the first year. But my friend flew back uh, last uh, last week from Phoenix. It, the plane was full. You know, yeah. It's 119 degrees in Phoenix. But <laughs> people are flying back and forth yeah. in the middle of July, and that's gone well, right? And, it's gone very and, well. And D- D.C. has gone well. People, these yeah, Americans yeah. happy. Yeah, Americans very happy. Delta's very happy. And United, um, mm. Allegiant, Frontier. Frontier just expanded. And they do this seasonally. They move their... A lot of the airlines seasonally shift aircraft around more day a week and things mm-hmm. than they've ever done in the past. Um, but Phoenix has been fantastic. Yeah. And it's it's important because that, you know, Charlotte started a few years prior to Phoenix and Charlotte on American did very well. So it gave American the confidence to put Phoenix in, right? Sure. The community uses it. Back to my kind of my theme here. <laughs> but um, Phoenix has gone well and a star for American and makes the conversation for DCA more yeah. easier. So it truly does um, matter. So yeah, it's gone it's gone real well. So that, now there's there's bigger planes that you talking about. Bigger planes. Yeah. Truly, the planes the plane Yeah. Be- so yeah. Um, so what's happened with the pilot shortage, um, all of the airports out there have really seen um, there's fewer aircraft flying today than there was, say, in 2019. And that's a direct reflection of lack of pilots. And the regionals, most small airports historically, were served primarily by regional airlines. So a SkyWest, an Air Wisconsin, an Envoy, those type of carriers that have a contract relationship with one of the majors, a United, a Delta, or American. But they were a separate separate (laughs) airline. there's something like 450 seat aircraft now parked in the desert because there's not enough pilots. Right. Um, so, if you can't fly the same number of departures, airports have seen what we call upgaging. So you've gone from a 70 seat RJ for exp- a regional jet uh, to an Airbus 150. In some cases, we see. Um, A321s, which is an Airbus 321. It's the largest Airbus um, narrow body made, and it's it's upwards of 190 seats. Wow. So we're seeing those in the market now on a regular basis, and the bulk of our departures now are those larger aircraft, which, um, you know, the timing of our terminal project has worked out well for us in that we can accommodate larger volumes of people at one time than historically you know, the gate areas were set up for, you know, 50 seats or sure. 70 seats. So now we have 150 seats. So it it 
complicates things in the terminal. It complicates things in the ramp for elbow room and that sort of stuff. But um, what's nice, we're in front of it right now. So, and it's um, great to have the airlines investing those larger mainline equipment. Oh, no, that's very exciting. Here versus, you know, the alternative, which is, you know, losing service. So, yeah. um, like we've seen in, in Eastern Iowa. So it's, it's it, again, it's a zero-sum game. Before I forget, I want to talk briefly about the Wings to Water program. That's something you started. It's a yeah. it's a 501c3 charity, and you, you might give the background and what's how, how's that going. Yeah, so Wings to Water uh, it was is now a, a 501c3 nonprofit, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in Minnesota. I spent a lot of time fishing and uh, outdoors with with my siblings, my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved to Iowa, and it, it always, you know, you, you're hard-pressed to not hear news about Iowa's water quality. So there was there was that. Um, we're also the largest farmer at the airport in Lynn County. Um, we, we have just over 2,000 acres that we have leased out to farm operations. Um, and then, it, you know, I was out on the Corval Reservoir with our kids, uh, just for a day of fun, not fishing, just kind of splashing around and jumping off the boat. And I'll never forget because I haven't experienced that where I think it was our daughter that jumped in off the boat and disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't you know, see her, huh? I couldn't see her. Yeah. Couldn't see her uh, at all. And I had never... I'd never been on water that looked like that. Minnesota so, doesn't work that way. Minnesota, you yeah, can see them. Yeah, huh? you could yeah. see them, right? They don't dive that deep, and you could see them. So <laughs> as a parent, you, you felt okay, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, I found myself not not having an enjoyable time. <laughs> the kids had fun, but I, had, I couldn't relax right. because I couldn't see them if they were diving, and that just bothered me. So um, that was part of it. So, you know, we, I read this article. It, it, there's a a product out there launched by uh, the San Diego airport called the Good Traveler. And thankfully, the commission also allowed me the freedom to, hey, take a look at it, try to pull this off and pull it together. So I, they gave me the freedom to explore an entrepreneurial idea at the end of the day. And so I met with some folks at the San Diego airport. You know, there wasn't a match for the Good Traveler and what we were up to with water quality. So um, we came back uh, from meeting with them and, and just said, okay, we'll do it ourselves, um, and launched Wings to Water, which is, um, we launched it in 2019. It was the largest announcement event I think the airport has ever done, um, you know, route announcements, stuff like this. There's more people in the terminal for that announcement of water quality initiative that we were up to. Uh, so that was very fun. But um, so I could go more into that, but I think it, we're, we, you know, COVID hit, things slowed down. Mm-hmm. We've, we've kind of put the wheels back on the bus here in the last year to two years mm-hmm. with that organization. I have some fantastic volunteer board members. Um, Julie Crafts, our director of organizational development. And the idea is, as a proof of concept, we, the airport was a proof of concept. We partnered with our food and beverage vendor. They do Roundup. We crowdsource funds in the terminal, all for the purposes of educating and raising the awareness of water quality issues in in our region, raise some funds, and then make those funds available through grants to entities within, in this case, we partnered with Johnson County and Lynn County 
um, initially to do more water quality projects. We just launched, with the help of Green State's Credit Union and Big Grove Brewery, we just released another five grants to various entities um, within the state. Um, one grant went as far as way as to Okaboji. But the whole target is to improve water quality within the Mississippi watershed. Our next steps are really about connecting airports within the Mississippi watershed. There's roughly, I always get the total number wrong, but there's roughly 180 commercial airports within the Mississippi watershed. So we want to take wings to water beyond Iowa and connect the message within airports and this crowdsource funding platform to really bring awareness to the issue. The Mississippi is now um, on an endangered waterway. Iowa, you you know, you can look. There's lakes all the time that have no swim advisories. Sure. Um, that's completely avoidable, mm-hmm. completely avoidable. Um, but it takes effort, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so our our phase right now is certainly call out to other corporates that want to join the effort. It's not exclusive to airports, but the real brand power is connecting the message through the airport and the aviation travel experience so that you could start a journey to New Orleans and Cedar Rapids, connect through Minnesota, the headwaters of Mississippi, and then end up in New Orleans and have flown the entire Mississippi in the watershed. Sure. And have been at the headwaters of the Mississippi and Minnesota. And hopefully we have wings to water and MSP right. that you see it there. And then we see it in New Orleans when you get off, like more about wings to water and that it allows the individual traveler to be what we call an impact investor. So that can be round up your hamburger or your beer purchase or direct donation to the website or even put some change in the parking meters that are by the checkpoint. So um, I'll tell you, never launched anything in terms of a new business. It's hard. I mean, entrepreneur stuff. I yeah. mean, kudos to those that um, have been very successful. It's it's a it's hard. Uh, well, but it's exciting. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, some exciting sir. pitches coming with some airports here in the the near future. So, hopefully, we have some fun announcements about that here in the near in the near term. We're good. I got to ask you my one uh, my sort of a curious question. When I grew up, this was the Syracuse Airport. Then I learned no, and it's really nice. The Eastern Iowa Airport. But then when I fly, I get this thing called CID. CID. What, what is it? it always throws me off. What is CID? It's a great question. Um, it's it's the three. All airports have a FAA designated three letter identifier. Um, some of the I would say three letter identifiers are easier to figure out, like MSP, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Sure. Yeah. Interesting thing about O'Hare and ORD, it's because the airport was originally on an orchard. Wow. Um, so or there was an orchard there before the airport. Uh, I can't answer that for CID. Yeah, and but that's some what airports, it is. Yeah, that's what it is. That was a designation from the FAA. Some airports will even have, you know, alphanumerics and as well as, uh, you know, numerics. So it's it's uh, like I, 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 yeah, so. That's, that's I don't have a better answer screwed. than that. No, I was just curious. So it's not EIA. There's, a, there's no logic to it. No, it's, well, there is in some cases, yeah. you know, um, so, but when the CID, I can't, I can't give you a, a clean answer okay. on that, but uh, please don't, you know, we've, we spend quite a bit of our time 
pushing the brand of CID and not EIA. Sure. So um, we're sensitive to EIA. It's it's CID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> EIA is another airport. So um, yeah, we're, we're CID. Yeah, we're okay. CID. I so <laughs> use that term. I'm learning. <laughs> okay, let's switch gears to your family. Uh, yeah. Give me the background about your your wife and your your, yeah. your children and. Yeah. So my my wife Shauna and I met at the University of North Dakota and. Gosh, 1989, uh, married in 95. So we've been, what is that, 8, 27, 28 years? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have two really amazing kids um, that sometimes we, you know, we chuckle about, did they eat at the same dinner table? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure every family has that kind of like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, how you like, so, but, um, and we look back and it's interesting because they really are, are hired work. They came out hardwired for what they're doing and their personalities. It's, 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 um, it's fun to talk about with Sean and I, and just you know talk as most parents do. You know, very proud of their kids. So Megan, um, interesting story. Um, and you know, it's. I apologize if it, it comes across as a call it Megan Bregan, but um, pretty interesting story. So we got here. Uh, in Cedar Rapids, she was a sophomore, mid-year of her sophomore year. Um, they both graduated from Xavier High School here in Cedar Rapids. She finished high school in three years, uh, got a Rotary Youth Exchange scholarship, and spent her senior year in Spain, in Vigo, Spain. Fantastic family. But, you know, as parents, I remember vividly watching her go down the jetway at 17, right. flying to Spain to meet a family and live with a family we'd never met. By herself. And this, like, yeah, by herself. Like, we were scared to death. She's excited, you know. Um, she grad went to the University of Iowa um, after she came back and was, a, was able to uh, get a, a presidential scholarship, so attended the University of Iowa. Um, that was fantastic. She then got a Fulbright award and went to Tromsø, Norway and worked for the Polar Institute, uh, Norwegian Polar Institute in Tromsø, Norway, and continues to live in Tromsø, Norway. And does this is dad's version because it's much, it's, it's <laughs> over my, it's over my head. Um, and it's essentially Arctic marine biology and she's doing her master's program there. Um, she's been to the North Pole twice with her research, the South Pole once, Really pretty amazing. Um, and uh, so now has met a Norwegian guy. Um, and so we'll see how things transpire <laughs> from here. But um, we you, you hopefully visited? we have her back. We'll actually, uh, we have not yet, but she graduates next year, next spring. So we'll be going over next year. Uh, our son, you know, again, equally amazing. And, and um, the thing about him, it was always, he just had this, this like express team sports and just this does not quit kind of button and really has a, a different gear when it comes to kind of team sports and you know winning was very important for him uh, as a kid um, and all sorts of things not not a fun five year old to play Candyland with <laughs> right. if he didn't win um, so he. He graduated and he enlisted, uh, was sworn in September before his graduation into the Army and has a really a calling to serve. Um, and so he is and wanted to be, uh, it was either going to be Marines or it was going to be, you know, Army. And of course, dad being 
you know, aviation, mm-hmm. of course, was promoting Air Force, but yeah. <laughs> uh, to no avail. Uh, but, you know, he likes to tell me now he's 82nd Airborne at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, wow. um, jumping out of airplanes and uh, assigned, um, you know, he's frontline platoon and runs around, you know, expert rifleman, and he's now assigned a the squad's uh, machine gun. So it's, that's heavy stuff, you know, and sure. it's interesting. You you find yourself paying a lot closer attention to world politics and both on the environmental side now yeah. with our daughter and certainly just global, global issues uh, when it comes to just national security interests and, you know, policy and that kind of stuff. And uh, so yeah, very proud of them, and they're doing yeah. great stuff. So they have a different different path, different in life. path, and so yeah. Sean and I now, you know, are it, you know are in the ne- empty nester mode, and yeah. you know, um, so having fun. Well, we should briefly talk about what you do in your spare time. I sometimes I call you or track you down in your fishing. Are you a big fisherman? I try to fish, uh, I, I you know a lot, but I haven't done a very good job of that this year for whatever reason. I think. Um, I think part of it is just empty nesting, I suppose. We've been doing a lot more things uh, together. We have a little cabin near Dubuque and just outside of Bernard, Iowa. Um, so we like to spend time over there. Um, it's it's a small 50-acre lake, so kayak and paddleboard and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so I like to spend time on water in general if we're not fishing, mm-hmm. uh, but being on water or near water. Uh, but, yeah, we'll go – you know, we spent some time in northern Wisconsin. I spent quite a bit of time in northern Wisconsin. My brother used to have a lake home up there. Uh, my kids grew up, our kids grew up uh, fishing with grandpa on the dock and that sure. sort of thing. So, um, yeah, just love the the outdoors. And if I've got free time, I, you know, I, I like to spend it, if not on the water, near water. Now, do you um, ever go to movies or read books? Yeah, I've been movies a little bit. You know, it's sporadic, to be honest with you. It's kind of hit, you know, it depends on what's out. We you go. haven't seen Barbie yet then? No, I haven't seen Barbie. Okay. I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to Barbie. <laughs> um, sorry That's for those okay. that love the movie. I don't think I'm going. But um, so went to, now the name's escaping me. It's the one on the child trafficking. Um, oh, yeah. I know. I'm I can't, yeah. Uh, fantastic yeah. show. Um, read, read some books. I've, I've, I tried to make a commitment of I'm, I'm a sporadic reader. Um, interesting. I've, I've got invited into a book club with some interesting guys, um, big thinker guys, you know, so that's been fun. We had one meeting, um, and the book that we read there was American, uh, Ramble, which is a Neil King book. Uh, he walked from DC to New York and just kind of told his story on his personal journey of walking that distance and, uh, the history that goes along with that sure. stretch, which is pretty fascinating. And now we're reading uh, Rick Rubin's book, The the Creative Way of Being, which is a very interesting book. I'm just hmm. about done with it. That's been a fantastic read. Uh, but, but when I I made a commitment, I want to read more because sure. uh, I have been a bit of a sporadic reader where I'll read several books in the span of you know, maybe six months and then not read again for five years. Or well, something. the book club makes you have this. Yeah, it forces you. Yeah, um, love the discussion. It's a, it's a little. Uh, our first meeting, I'm I'm, I'm learning. Uh, it's it's a little. It's a lot of sharing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so it gets you out of your comfort zone, and you know, so it's good. I'm I'm looking forward to our next meeting and talking more about the yeah. book and just getting to know 
some good some good folks here in the region. Before we wrap up, I should uh, I know you've talked about the economic impact the airport has as far as the economy and uh, those numbers, payroll. What what's what's that story? Yeah, so um, I don't have those numbers directly in front of me, but the total economic output of the airport is roughly five hundred million dollars annually. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's really a key economic driver for the region, um, without question. You know, obviously, I'm very passionate about it. It's what I do. Um, But it's a top three issue for business. If a business is relocating or expanding to your region, uh, the questions generally are about, you know, and not any particular order here, but it's either workforce, taxes, and air service Mm -hmm. um, are the top three uh, starting points for growth of a business or relocation of a business. So um, we take our role in that for the community very serious and and want to deliver a product that we talked about earlier that the community and region can be proud of. You know, the D.C. service is a big deal. Uh, for, for Iowa's two, the largest two commercial service airports to have nonstop service to uh, the nation's capital, uh, you know, I, I commonly say it's a big damn deal. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, really transformational uh, for the region. And so now it's about leveraging message um, with what we've got near service. And, you know, we're up to 19 nonstop cities. That's amazing. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're, ex- we're excited about that. We hear it often in the medical field, recruiting doctors. They want to, you know, oftentimes it's, it's as much about when they have downtime, they want to be able to take family sure. to someplace fun and easy and yep. easy to get back to. So, you know, it's not just about, you know, business growth per se, but it's yep. that workforce recruitment and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. We should probably wrap this up. I really have enjoyed this. I have great respect for you and what you've done here. And, and, your, and Pam Hinman may be yeah. your secret weapon, in my opinion. <laughs> I know Pam and she is certainly a moving force yeah, in a positive absolutely. way. Very, very much so. And we, we truly, it, it's a small but mighty team. We have a great yeah. team that get it done in day in, day out. And certainly Pam, uh, our communications director, was great to have her, have her come back. We, we, she was here and then left, and she was working at the Economic Alliance. And when I got here, I was able to uh, steal her back, if That's you will. That's good. So, yeah. Now, since I'm from Iowa City, I want to plug the uh, your commission. You have one Iowa City member, is that right? The, That's right. The best one, right? Yep, yep, Robin. <laughs> Um, so Robin, oh, it was Steve. Now it's Robin. Oh, yeah. So oh, you Steve, replaced yeah, Steve, oh, Steve West, West. Oh yeah. Okay. Just rolled off. And, yes, uh, so July. Robin's in there now. Yep. Robin's not, uh, just Robin joined Thurm? the commission, Robin Thurm. Uh, and when, when I was hired, it was John, Josh Schomberger. So, oh, yeah. yep. So it was Josh and then Steve and, and now Robin and, you know, the, the Cedar Rapids mayor, Tiffany O'Donnell does the appointment of commissioners. And I believe it started when Ron was, uh, the mayor that, sure. You know, wanted to have a Southern End Corridor representative on the commission, and I think that's just good vision and good leadership. And I have this airport uh, as much as is Iowa City's airport as it is Cedar Rapids. I mean, we we like to say we have no zip code. Um, You know, we just want the belly buttons in the seats. (laughs) Hey, before I forget, uh, as you know, I'm sort of a sports fan and a football fan, and I read there are some now direct flights. This fall, yeah. uh, fall about Iowa football, and there may be like next year. I want to go to Southern California to see the Hawkeyes play. That that's a, a sort of a trend that people that yeah. Plans. So the airlines, it's you know, have these one-off flights for 
uh, major football games, big rivalry games. And so no announcement to be made yet about USC. <laughs> but uh, See, you're away, yeah. I, I would expect, it wouldn't surprise me, that there will be nonstop flight being added for that that game. And so uh, we have one for those that want to fly and catch the Badger-Hawkeye game in yep. Madison. We'll have nonstop service to Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm driving. Yeah, night. well, it, the drive's terrible. I've done it a couple times. <laughs> I just do the flight, skip skip the hassle of driving. Um, a lot of road construction, you know, just to save save the time. So, but anyway, yeah, so that's become a trend in the business, and we've seen it. And, hey, Hawkeyes travel, so we yep. love our Hawks. And I think I read that there may be a flight to Penn State. Yep, nonstop, yep. Nonstop. So, so, yep, yeah, so – it's it's fun and that you know we try to you know with the team we, we've done some fun things with the fans when we have that kind of thing and we'll partner uh, sometimes with like Cedar Ridge and do bourbon tasting and get everybody you know warmed up before they get to do their <laughs> tailgating before they head out of the terminal so we should end this bit before I forget I forgot to ask you about I guess it's called the fixed space operator oh. you have a place where if people have a yeah charters and explain that how you have a special yeah, so we're building a new fixed-based operator in what we call FBO. Um, that is where all the private aircraft or um, general aviation or corporate aviation, that's the terminal those those aircraft and those individuals use. So we are building a new one, should hopefully open uh, and operational here before the end of the year. It's going to be located on the west side of the airfield near FedEx. Um, very excited. So all of the... Hawkeye, for example, uh, charters will go out of that facility. And back to, you know, putting a little bit of the region into facilities like we talked with the Hawkeye Wave and the terminal. Uh, as opposing teams come in to play the Hawks, we'll have some neon lights on the uh, perimeter of the facility out on the ramp. So as the team's getting off to board buses and things to head to Iowa City, we'll be able to light up the building in Hawkeye colors before now, they now, I get think there. I so, read that UCLA may be flying here next fall. So if they fly here, they'll use that, you know, their, yep. their colors for them. Yep. Well, we'll get the Hawkeye spirit in them before they okay. get down to <laughs> Iowa City. So <laughs> well, start great. messing with them before they get there and, <laughs> you know, add a little more folklore to the pink restrooms. And <laughs> well, the restrooms aren't pink. We didn't do that. But we're mm. going to put the Hawkeye colors up when, when we got opposing teams coming in and, uh, have some fun with it, but it'll be. Uh, we're very proud. Um, it'll be the 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 finest facility for for teams in the Big Ten, bar none. That's great. Well, this has been fun. It's been delight to have you here today, Marty. I've a, I've I've been a fan. I often joke about why the corridor grows. What's the secret? And I said I think the airport might be the real secret. And <laughs> I joke about who are the sharpest people in the corridor. I said I don't know if you're that person, but you're on the short list. So. <laughs> I appreciate all you've done and uh, your enthusiasm, and it's been fun. So, and the future, the future is bright. Very bright. Yep. Tom's new best friend is brought to you by West Bank. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.